Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it all happens here. We're going to go to movies now. Uh, Ro McDermott, movies editor of Hot Press, is with us to go through the new releases of the week. And what about this Nicolas Cage movie, Renfield? Oh, Renfield. Okay, I have to own some bias here. This is a comedy, horror, action mashup, and I don't tend to love those. I like my comedies smart and funny. I like my horror smart and scary. And I think often when you blend them, you undermine all genres. And I think some people, some films like the Scream franchise, for example, does it really well because it restores horror a lot. This film feels like a little bit of a mess. Um, this is directed by Chris McKay, who people would know from the Lego Batman movie. So a smart director who can be really, really funny. It also stars Nick Cage as Dracula. And I mean, Nick Cage is just such an eccentric OTT actor. Brings so much crack to his roles Has these he days. been doing good work recently? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's done a few good films. He had the unbearable, um, the, unbear- the weight of unbearable talent recently. He did the object out of space film, which was actually very good and very unnerving but as people know Nick Cage has had some tax issues so he's been doing a lot of direct to TV movies to kind of cover the bills but this is set in New Orleans where he lived I had a very bizarre Nick Cage sighting when I was in New Orleans once and New Orleans is filled with all this spooky folklore it's all about voodoo and witchery and there are Dracula vampiric uh, history there and folklore and it completely wastes it basically the setup of this is that Nick Cage plays Dracula and they really lean into the can't be fun. It's all model skin and velvet robes and the fangs and the OTT accent. Um, But he has an assistant called Renfield, played by Nicholas Holt, who people would know from About a Boy. And it starts they've been together for years. And this Dracula has kind of a twist on the folklore. So when Dracula is is killed in any way, uh, he's not gone for good. He can kind of go into almost a cocoon caterpillar state and regain his strength, but it takes him a a long time and he has to be fed blood. So that's where his assistant Renfield comes in. So when he's at his weakest Renfield has to kill people, bring them to him and feed Dracula so he can regenerate. But there's a problem that Renfield and Dracula have been together for a couple of hundred years now and Renfield has been to, he's read some help, some self-help books, he's been to some programs and he's realising this is quite an abusive relationship and there's kind of t- phrases like therapy speak, like gaslighting thrown around and Renfield wants to strike it on his own and get it, he's in a codependency group. Um, and I think that's actually a really funny idea and could be really good fun. But the director almost don't trust that. So that comes at the very start of the movie so we kind of don't even get a sense of their relationship before Renfield wants to become independent so Dracula is recovering uh, Renfield is trying to get victims so he can feed Dracula and then make his escape but he gets caught up in a mob boss that is floating around New Orleans the uh, son of whom is played by Ben Schwartz who people would know as John Ralphio from Parks and Rec who is trying to make a name for himself but is kind of a ridiculous very bouffant buffoon and makes a mess of things so he gets thrown in the mix and then there's Aquafina playing a police woman who's trying to avenge her father who was killed by this boss. So they're all coming together and it's shootouts, it's car chases, it's Ben Schwartz throwing cocaine at people. It should be. And there are some fun sequences in it. I think Ben Schwartz is always really good fun. Nicholas Holt is dry. Well, let's just hear a scene from it in which Dracula, played by Nicholas Cage, shows up to a servant Renfield's codependency support group. <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself to the group? I'm the Prince of Valencia. Some call me the Dark One. Others, the Lord of Death. How 
However, to most, I am known simply as... Hartfield's boss! Okay, obviously we're dealing with a little bit more than just narcissism here. Again, I think those scenes where they're talking about the codependency group work the best because they can play with these different levels of it's quite scary. They lean into some of the fight scenes, but they go so big into the car chases and the action and Nicholas Holt is there showing off martial arts skills. And it feels like they didn't trust the film to be an oddball, quirky Nick Cage movie. So they wanted to shove in so many fight sequences into the trailer to make it seem like an action film. I think if you like comedy horror, it's a good kind of like popcorn movie. I just didn't respond to it. I thought it took all these different ingredients and forced them together and undermined all of them personally I love Nick Cage he's great crack to watch but I think there are weirder and more wonderful performances out there okay what about Aidan Gillen and Barber so this is from Fintan Connolly who, is, uh, who directed Trouble with Sex he also did uh, 50,000 Secret Journeys a good few years ago which is a documentary about abortion Fintan Connolly has always been intrigued by Ireland's social progression he's always looked at issues of sexuality and culture and he does this but within kind of a neo-noir film so uh, Aidan Gillen plays Val Barber who's a private investigator and is hired by a wealthy widow to find her missing granddaughter and this is set in Dublin against the background of Covid and the pandemic so his initial investigation is this Girl, Sarah's disappearance starts off and we learn about Barbara. He used to be in the guards. He left or was ousted. But as he investigates, he learns that there's a conspiracy here. Things are being hushed up. He's being harassed by the guardie who either have a personal vendetta against him or are trying to cover something up. Um, and it's an interesting blend of things. I think uh, Fintan Connolly really wants to make a neo-noir film. So it's all, Aiden, uh, this character Barbara lives in an incredibly luxe high-rise apartment that seems very at odds with his 50 euro an hour rate. Um, but he and his guard of pension. And his guard of pension <laughs> makes absolutely no sense. But Barbara is bisexual and that immediately opens up some interesting questions because, you know, as we've seen recent news by the Defence Forces, there is so much still homophobia and really regressive ideas about sexuality in in these big institutions that's really still incredibly rare to see a bisexual male character on screen and uh, we see the homophobia and how there's almost a generational divide in how people approach him but Barbara's daughter has also recently been in a really brutal motorbike accident and has neurological issues she's PTSD Okay, does this sound like this throwing the kitchen sink in and they said there's too much going on? There's a few things going on do you know what I really liked the character details because the daughter brings Barbara and his ex-wife together so you're wondering why they broke up um, but there's references to Me Too here. There's references to homophobia. There's references to Ireland kind of grappling with these issues. And I think those are really worthy topics, but it's done in a very clumsy way. Like at one point, a character says, do you remember when all that Me Too stuff came out? And we're like, it's said in the pandemic in Dublin. Of course we do. You can integrate it into the story. And there's issues of it's trying to look at bisexuality and be more progressive. But then you have Camilo Sullivan, who is Aidan Gillen's partner in real life, playing a very typical kind of femme fatale, turns up in a red dress all sultry and that feels so rote and so typical and kind of one of those really sexist tropes of the genre of the neo-noir genre so I think it's trying to tackle a lot of issues and doesn't do it particularly well but let's hear a clip from it and this is where the grandmother Lily played by Deirdre Donnelly hires Val Barber the private investigator investigator excuse me played by Aidan Gillen to find her missing granddaughter good day Mr Barber I'm Lily Dunn my solicitor recommended you. 
Okay. My granddaughter, Sarah Dunn, is missing. Well, this would really be a case for the guards. Have they been informed? Only after I insisted. Her mother's been in St. Pat's since before lockdown. She's a drinker, I'm afraid. Sarah's father, my son, is dead. Her stepfather thinks she's just gone on a skite. But to be honest, Mrs. Dunn, like most of my work, it's uh, insurance, fraud, that kind of thing. You said you're a solicitor, Please, Mr. Barber, I know what you're thinking. I'm just a fussy old woman worrying about a misbehaving young girl. But where would she even go at a time like this? Well, I suppose I am a believer in intuition. I think as you can hear there, there's so Leighton Gillen, like he's obviously such an incredible actor and there's never do, any doubt of his skills and he really embodies the character. He's really interesting to watch. He puts in a very low-key naturalistic performance and it almost feels like this would have been better as a TV series and it would have had more space to explore the kind of social issues it's looking at. Um, and even cinematically, it's trying to do this gritty, grey Dublin thing with a lot of red-tinged hotel rooms and cafes to add an end era of kind of suspiciousness and seductiveness. Um, but again, it doesn't quite come together but I think there are really interesting themes here I think Fenton Holly is a very interesting writer but I think he needs more room to expand on those ideas to really do them justice There's a listener who says Nicolas Cage was recently magnificent in Pig a very smart moving film his best role since leaving Las Vegas I didn't get to see it I heard very very good reviews and this is the thing Nick Cage can be incredible when he's given the right material and I think because of his financial issues he took a lot of really really big eccentric campy roles and then got stuck in that and people forget what an incredibly nuanced and unnerving and brilliant actor he can be. So with the right material, big fan. Okay, what's one fine morning? This is gorgeous. This is Mia Hansen-Love. People might know from Bergman Island, which was one of the best films of the past couple of years. Didn't get enough recognition and Goodbye First Love a few years ago as well. She's a really beautiful director who looks at relationships and kind of the small struggles of everyday life. And this stars Leah Sado, who people would know from Blue is the Warmest Colour and of course uh, the Bond movies with Daniel Craig. And in this, she plays Sandra, who is a translator and her father was a, a philosophy professor, but he has neurodegenerative disease and is slowly doesn't know what's going on anymore and is uh, in a position where he has to really live into a, move into a nursing home at this point. And Lisa Doe is really grappling with so much here. She's grappling with the loss of her father, really, who doesn't recognise her anymore. Uh, grappling with that shift of when you move from being the child to having to parent your own parent. Um, the guilt of wandering around these institutions and looking at how grey and sad and depressing they are and having this moment of, oh my God, can I go somewhere better? And then realising maybe there isn't somewhere better to put your father. And then, just, you know, now all the really small wrenching details of what to do with this pr- philosophy professor's books because she doesn't have the room to store them but how can you throw away his life's work and these things that really made up his identity she's also a very young widow and she has a young girl who's about 8 years old and she's grappling with the girl growing up and being confused by what's going on and starting to lash out a little bit in the ways that children do but when you're vulnerable and you're looking at your relationship with your parents those moments hit all the worse and perhaps because of that she starts to make slightly questionable choices in her personal life because she gets involved with an old friend who is married and has a child of his own and even though you have these beautiful scenes between Leah Sado and her lover Meville Poupont and there, there's so much passion and life and it's where she gets levity and she gets to feel desire and she gets to be just a woman, not a carer, not a daughter, not a mother, just a, a person with feelings but then he always has to return to his wife and the doom that hangs over that relationship is adding to her, her sense of grief 
grief. So she, Leah Sidhu is so beautiful in this. She just crumbles at points where you wouldn't expect her to, just showing how much the struggles of everyday life are washing over. A really gorgeous film about relationships. Really beautiful. It's called One Fine Morning. Ro McDermott, movies editor with Hot Press. Thank you as ever for being with us here on The Last Word and Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.